Welcome to the Career Mentor Podcast, a program of hunger for success, a nonprofit organization devoted to helping people find and keep family wage jobs. Your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. Welcome back to the Career Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. And today I want to talk to you about retention, uh, how to retain your job, um, but also what employers look at in terminating positions. The reason why retention is really important because in most cases from my experience and the people that we work with at Hunger for Success, retention can be proactive. Um, retention can be something that we work on, that we're conscious of, that we can uh, really help ourselves keep a good job. And again, let's emphasize a good job. If a job isn't working out, there may be reasons why. Uh, perhaps those reasons can be um, mitigated, um, but maybe it's just not something you want to do, not something you like, and that's okay. Um, but a lot of times, individuals like yourself find it difficult to retain a job. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why, what employers say, and then what reasons you have. And the first thing employers will tell you, the number one reason why they let employees go is poor performance. So there's a couple of things we can be proactive about. Number one, have more frequent performance reviews. Our suggestion is every 90 days, sit down with the supervisor, go over how things are, uh, your performance, how you're doing with policies, procedures, how are you getting along with people, that's really important. So you can work on your performance, get more frequent updates, and try to eliminate or at least lower that risk of an employer terminating you or ending your job based on performance. Well, the second thing is misconduct, okay? And that's when you knowingly, knowingly violate an HR policy or another policy in the company. And, and look, that's something we can avoid as well. Um, if you're unsure of a particular behavior or conversation, ask, get advice, research it online. If you're not comfortable asking an HR representative or you're afraid that interacting with a coworker may be a form of misconduct, research it. Research it and figure out what would work, what would be appropriate. Attendance and punctuality is the third thing, and that basically, attendance usually speaks to your overall job satisfaction. And that's something that you can work on. It's something you can say, hey, I look forward to seeing people. I look forward to working with my supervisor. I look forward to uh, achieving the goals of my company. If you're not into your job, if you don't get along with people, then of course you're gonna have attendance issues because you don't wanna be there. It's not just because you're bad at planning or 
Many misfortunate things happen to you. Attendance can be planned. Attendance is a mindset, if you will. So if you're having issues getting along with people, if you have issues getting along with your supervisor, look, let's just try to work that out. Let's figure out what the disconnect is. How can we build a bridge between you and coworkers or you and your supervisor and realize that sometimes you have to adapt and change. It can't be your way or the highway and it can't be the company's way or the highway. There has to be a middle ground. There has to be a compromise, an accommodation, if you will, okay? The other thing is insubordination. Again, that's a policy type of misconduct issue. Somebody asks you to do something that's legal and with integrity and within the scope of your job, and you say, no, I don't want to do that. Well, again, you're communicating you don't like the job or don't want to do the job. But when you think about yourself, what are the reasons why you want to leave a job? Number one, research says, look, low pay or benefits. I want better pay, I want better benefits. And if you're in a company that doesn't supply that, I get it, you wanna look for one that does, I understand. But there's also ways that you can personally supplement your benefits and your income rather it be consulting or a side hustle or a hobby of yours or a passion of yours that you can monetize. There's proactive ways that you can improve your pay or income, household income. There are ways to improve your benefits with alternative insurance plans or insurance policies. Lots of ways to be creative. The other popular reason of why people leave their jobs is they feel like they're stuck. There's no growth opportunities. Okay, that's reasonable. I can understand that. In the nonprofit world, that's something that's very common. Where do I grow from here in a small organization? I understand that. But you can also grow individually, professionally, through webinars, through education, through volunteering and learning certain skills, getting certifications, attending webinars, and things that will expand your knowledge, even though it's not your specific job related, but it could be you as a professional. Again, that's something you can do. Yes, I get it. Sometimes it costs some money. I understand that. And that's an investment you're making in yourself, right? The third most popular reason why employees want to leave their company is poor management. And I can certainly understand that. Can I certainly understand not getting along with the supervisor or manager and that being very difficult. I've experienced that myself. I've had colleagues experience that. I understand that. Is there something you could do to get along better with a manager or even help that manager do a better job, provide some assistance, advice. Say, look, I wanna see you succeed. Maybe we can try this and that will improve things. Should be a two-way communication, right? It's a partnership. Management just isn't about delegation. It's about leadership. Not just about telling you what to do 
or making sure you're doing what you do. It's leadership. And leadership involves relationships and relationships involve trust, transparent communication, reliability. These are all things that are in your control. You can help a manager, it's okay. They may appreciate it. If they don't want the help under the, under the impression that they're doing great and there's nothing to change, I get it, that's not gonna work out for you, I understand. But along with a bad manager or poor management structure, there's the work culture. Are people working around you interested in quality work? Do they have a good work ethic? Are they positive about the company and who they work with? Is it a non-toxic, toxic, non-toxic, harassment-free work environment? Is it something that you want to enjoy? And if it's not, is there anything you can do to help with that? Is there anything you can do to improve the work culture? Sometimes, and I get that there are some times that aren't and that you need to move on and find a better culture. But in your interview process, ask about culture. Ask about emotional intelligence, not just what is it that I need to do, but what kind of people do you want working here? What are their attributes that you want, not just their qualifications? So when you go to a job interview, ask that. Make sure you understand the culture going in. The next thing that employees think about on why they'd want to leave a job is work-life balance. Are they spending too much time commuting? Are they spending too much time at work? Is work being too demanding? Those things are very important to consider. Now, work-life balance could be on you as well. Not to look at emails all night long, not to take phone calls past, I don't know, seven o'clock at night or something. Building some boundaries and really investing in self-care and investing in a work-life balance. You can't just say, ah, oh, work's doing all this, work's all consuming. I don't have a work-life balance. Well, let's check the mirror. What are you doing to establish your work-life balance? How are you being proactive in making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you have time to think and, and re-energize and regroup? That's really important to think about. Retention is a big deal. I've known people that have been in the same job for 20, 30 years. A mentor of mine who has passed away several years ago had the same job for 58 years. His resume could fit on a business card. And I know that there's not a lot of opportunities like that, but they still exist. I think the difference now more than anything is that you have to have skin in the game to retain your job. You can't just rely on your employer and your management and I worked eight to five, I finished all my reports, I did my job, so I'm good. I think we have to be more proactive as employees to make sure that we're doing everything we can for ourselves and for our jobs to retain them over time to be productive, to be helpful, 
and not to be either a victim of poor management or complain. I don't like this, I don't like that. You know, in raising my children, one of the policies we had at the dining room table is to say what you feel and if you have a complaint or there's something you want to improve, you're part of the solution. Dad, I don't like what we have for dinner all the time and dad, I want to travel more, great. What's the solution? How are you part of the solution? Bringing up the problem is good. I want to hear that. I think that's great. But what's the solution? And how are you going to participate in that solution? And that's what job retention is all about. How can you participate in your own job retention and not just leave it up to the employer? So we've discussed what employers think as it relates to why they would terminate or get rid of an employee or not invest in an employee, such as poor performance, misconduct, attendance, insubordination, we talked about that. We also talked about employees leaving a job because of low payer benefits, lack of career growth, poor management, an unhealthy work culture, and lack of a work-life balance. I think you agree that we came up with lots of proactive things we can do to address those things and not leave it solely up to the employer. It takes some of responsibility on ourselves to get the education we need, to get the growth we need, to get the pay that we need. And that leads to a more balanced life, leads to a more successful life, and it also leads to better retention. Now, if you're in management or you're an employer listening to this, make sure you understand that the costs of retention, some of the highest costs companies make. Used to be marketing, used to be payroll, used to be leases. Retention is now towards the top of the list. Think about that. Think about the cost that it takes, not just on the company's assets, but on your customers the people you're supposed to serve. Constant turnover, constant hiring, training, recertifying individuals, it's very expensive. Companies save money by retaining their employees. So it's really important that you think about that. And if you don't know how, or you'd like ideas on how to do it, either as an employee or as an employer, visit us on our website. It's help, the letter H, the number four, the letter s.org. We are a free for life service. We're happy to help you connect with us. Let us know what we can do. And we look forward to hearing from you. Well, I want to thank you for uh, listening to our podcast today. Again, my name is Brad Lebowski, president and chair of Hunger for Success. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to listening to you very soon. Thank you. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast, intellectual property of hunger for success. All rights reserved. 